We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS-WITH-A-K, the numeral for kids. Anthony Heron. Score football analyst. You know what? Brad Pitt, you're a good actor. You're a movie star. You're more of a movie star than a great actor. And that's okay, because you're in really good movies and I enjoy them. Former NFL defensive lineman and Iowa Hawkeye. And as long as that ends up being the case, hey, Bishop, I'm still on the radio. No, it's all right. He can hang. Paw Patrol. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn yeah, it on in just a couple get, of get, moments, get, all right? Big and Heron. Mr. Hedden, I want to compliment you. You're doing a fine job. With Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Let's talk some football with Big Ant Heron. We enjoy doing that, so of course we're going to do it after the Super Bowl. Anthony Heron is on Twitter, at Big Ant Heron. He's on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. And he's on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. Well... What do you think? I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought the whole day was good. The game was was mostly good and it gave us what we wanted and needed. I enjoyed it. I, I did. I thought it was a it was a well played game. You know, I, I I could always stand to it. It's a game in the thirties. It wasn't a game in the forties or fifties or something like that. But you know, wasn't a lot of punting. I'm one of the few people who's looking to see if the defense can force a punt on occasion, which which didn't happen that frequently. But on the whole, you did see where, you know, schematically folks are trying to throw different things at these very complex offenses and, and, and certainly the, the versatility of the Eagles offense that have been on display throughout the season presents some really unique challenges. I thought both, both squads, both coaching staff, certainly both quarterbacks responded to the moment. And I tend to stay. I don't know how you guys usually just consume a Super Bowl. For whatever reason, I think it's because I'm usually – very stationary, like I'm, I'm you know, it, football is work, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I'm usually, I'm taking notes, I'm rewinding this and that. Maybe I'm watching coaches film or even when I'm watching a, a TV copy of a game, a lot of it is is very, you know, sort of stationary for me. I prefer to be on the move while the Super Bowl's happening. And so I, I'll catch some commercials, but a lot of it is I'm patting some meat because I'm going to make some sliders or I'm, I'm, you know, throwing some dip in the microwave and I'm over here and over there. So we had like a four screen experience happening. We had the main TV where the wife's over there. You know, she's got a, a Coors Light going on. We got the, you know, the toddlers on the move. Bishop's going to and fro as he's got, he's looking at the iPad. He's looking at the computer. He's, he's got a Coors Light. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. He's taking it in, kicking his feet up on occasion. And a Malort. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, a Malort. Uh, a big so bowl I'm, of pirate's I'm, booty. <laughs> I spend a lot of time back and forth between the living room and the kitchen, and so I'm on the move a lot during the game. I'm taking it all in, but for me, it's kind of a you know, it's a it's a, a dual sort of purpose activity for me because I just it, I I can detach myself from watching the Super Bowl in a way that I really can't when I'm usually watching. I get the it. No, that's a comfortable half watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't get to just half watch a lot of football throughout the year. So I mean, you know, I, I certainly for the game itself, 
locked in on the action, but just as far as the the defined sort of specificity of the viewing experience, you know, I'm, I'm over there, I'm making some dip, and I'm you know putting the wings in the oven, and I'm I'm doing some other stuff too that I don't normally do during a football game. With the field conditions, as a former defensive lineman, oh man. How bad was it, and do you think it played a role in why we didn't see the Eagles put more pressure on Patrick Mahomes? You know what what surprised me about it as much as anything, Lawrence, is that Arizona, and you've obviously been in Arizona a bunch, Arizona from a, a, a natural playing surface, the natural grass in Arizona historically has been outstanding. Part of it is because they put resources into you know, kind of manicuring and pedicuring, if you will, the grass, but then you don't have all the other inclement elements of of precipitation with snow and rain and all these other things. So you don't necessarily think desert, great grass, but for sporting events, they can play on a natural surface and the grounds crews don't have the same sort of concerns that being in Chicago or New York or Pittsburgh, you know, a lot of folks you know, can complain about a lot of, you know, natural grass playing surfaces and you kind of understand why it's difficult for ground screws. For whatever reason, at Lambeau, they've always got great grass that holds up really well and we're just a couple hours away here in Chicago. Well, they've got that hybrid surface up there that's been that meshed hybrid surface, which is really, Mm -hmm. really great. But you're right. It's not like the ground freezes in Glendale, Arizona. Like, that's not a thing that happens. And... It was it was surprising to me last night, not just because it's the Super Bowl, but because Arizona, historically, I've competed on, on playing services, on natural grass, at the collegiate level, at the professional level, and it's it's usually outstanding. It's usually like, it's kind of what we used to kind of comp with the, the newer synthetic field turf as that became more and more of a thing, and everybody's getting the rubber pellets in, the, in their version of turf as that was becoming more popularized. You're like, you know what? Everybody just get that grass in Arizona. That's fine. I mean, the field turf is better than the old AstroTurf. So I, I was shocked, man. I was really surprised with the way folks were slipping and sliding around. Now, on the whole, I thought the, the action held up pretty well and you know during the broadcast they certainly pointed it out frequently enough when guys slipped here and there you, you don't want to ever see guys slip during a game but you know for the Super Bowl it was very substandard but by comparison to some regular season games or whatever guys have played on worse of course I just can't shake the fact that the, by far the best pass rush in the league had no sacks none none that, that's yeah. I mean come on they were they were historically good at rushing the mm-hmm. passer and they couldn't do it yesterday and I think Andy Reid realized that he did, and you know, it's not like Mahomes was never under duress. You know, there, there's, there, there's levels to it where, when you, you know, just think about it as an athlete. If you're in retreat mode as an offensive lineman, you, you know the snap count, you're kick stepping, and then the defenders, the defensive linemen, as they're coming out of the ground where you want your cleats dug in. Think about uh, a great sprinter coming out of the blocks. You know, if in, in the Olympics, when you watch the 100-meter dash, you see people coming out of blocks, whereas if somebody's just jogging their way through a marathon, no one's coming out of the blocks when they're running the mile or when they're running the marathon. You want that great initial burst out of the, your stance, getting that ground-based power, which having your cleats dug in allows you to do with that initial explosive movement. And so when the playing surface is more slick, more slippery, then it negates that to a certain extent. Now, again, Eagles, they're in Philly. They have played on on some surfaces, I'm sure, throughout the season that were even more tattered than that. you got to give a lot of credit to Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, even on that bum ankle, extending plays. Think about the, the the shoe top catch 
that Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. made where Mahomes is on the move, climbs the pocket a, a little bit vertically where he's really more Patrick Mahomes, a, a lateral escape guy, but he certainly can climb vertically and then extend laterally from that point. He can just He's really adept at finding just little points of movement in and around the pocket. And so as he initially climbed vertically and then began to extend towards the side, just as a couple of defenders are landing on his lower body, he's able to still have not only the pure arm strength necessary to get it a good 15 yards up the field through the air, but then also accurate enough to get it near a moving target. And then you have a a big skilled man like Travis Kelsey who can go down just, you know, millimeters above the ground really and snag that ball and be able to move the chains with that. I mean, it's just, it's a combination of two of the very best. And I talked to you guys about it last week. I feel like the game pretty much played out in in a way that I, I, I sort of thought it would where, We saw a Philadelphia team, a roster top to bottom, that was a better, more complete roster than Kansas City, but you had the better head coach, you had the best quarterback, and you had the best offensive playmaker in Travis Kelsey, and all those advantages and the more proven commodities in those regards being on Kansas City's sideline, that's what to me, it's it's the reason I picked the Chiefs going into the game, even though the, the Eagles certainly, you know, they're going to be disappointed not winning the game, but it's not like a lot of folks over there on the Eagles sideline like, man, we we played awful. You know, we, we should be hanging our heads today because we just didn't show up. I want to ask you a kind of a broad view picture of about Kansas City's offense. Considering that they, they lost Tyreek Hill, and it looked like, you know, not that they were rebuilding because clearly they won the Super Bowl, but from an offensive standpoint, they were missing some pieces. How did Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid pull this together where you have another year where Mahomes throws for over 5,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns and and still be as dangerous, even though it's a, a different type of dangerous in the Super Bowl? There's There's been certain organizations, obviously. New England would be one of those examples. We've seen Green Bay with multiple quarterbacks able to pull it off to a certain extent. San Francisco, variety of coaches, but we, we see organizations – with their leadership from the top that seem to have an infrastructure where once we got something good going and we feel like we have sort of our leadership in place, we can bring in pieces around them, around the coach, around the quarterback, who can pretty quickly get this thing figured out. And so when you know you've got it built around Patrick Mahomes and you're, you're able to maintain Travis Kelsey as he's still playing at a Hall of Fame level, then they've found this this formula to be able to piece in a Juju Smith-Schuster, who's who's a, an above-average receiver, a very very talented playmaker. But you know he's not somebody. You know if, if he signed in Chicago tomorrow, he maybe be the best receiver the Bears have. But he wouldn't be a guy you say, all right, there's one of the best in the business. That's what the Bears could build their future around. But that's okay. That that that's good enough in Kansas City. A seventh-round rookie from Rutgers. Isaiah Pacheco scored the first Super Bowl rushing touchdown in Rutgers alum history. You know, but he has now become their most effective running back with his ability to run it and receive it out of the backfield. The energy and urgency he plays the game with. They're very good, Kansas City, at figuring out what 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 play style suits us and what mentality do we need from certain spots. And then you combine that just with the system. I mean, Lawrence, I remember going back to even when the Bears first, you know, stole, nabbed, brought in Matt Nagy from Kansas City. And I said, you know what? This system 
should now alleviate the concerns that we had at that time about Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. You know, I remember, I don't know mm-hmm. if we were in transition or what, but talking to you about this system that Nagy's bringing from Kansas City with the misdirection, with the, the quick game and now routes, with the ability for offensive linemen to, to move not only vertically but also laterally, this should alleviate some of the concerns that we have with the ab- ability to pass protect off the edge. Yeah, the problem Obviously, was their bet on Trey Burton blew up in their face. That's and a they, big one. And yeah. they, huge. They thought they had their U tight end. But you're, you're never going to have Kelsey. You're just, that, that guy is remarkable. I mean, maybe George Kittle comes close. But you, with the offense without that position, when they had, was it Ben Broniker or, or whoever <laughs> trying to take up some of those snaps? Like, they so, called him Bronk. So much, <laughs> so much hinges on that. And it's just, you can't, you, you, you have to realize that it, it may not be what's dancing in your head. It may be some pretty special football players that are making it look great. And it's a, it's a, you know, by comparison with the two teams, because the Eagles run a lot of quick game, but it's designed differently. Their quick game does have, you know, a lot of those, those exterior sort of what ends up almost being like a toss sweep that you have some of those coming out of the backfield. But they also look to attack vertically going, you know, up the outside the numbers where you know you can create one-on-one matchups because of your willingness to run the football, your ability to run it both from the tailback and the quarterback position. And it was really underappreciated how well Kansas City's defense was able to stymie the tailback run game. And then when you have Jalen Hurts, you know, fumbling a ball as he's trying to do it on a keeper at one point. Also, the QB sneak was really it was certainly the most effective and for a lot of the game, the only really effective run play that Philadelphia had. Credit to Jalen Hurts for throwing it as well from the pocket as he did. So no shade on that. But a big part of Philly's offense is we're going to run it to the extent that we will push you around whenever we want to, and we will set up some of these shot plays over and over again. So A.J. Brown comes out of the game with less than 100 receiving yards when he's getting a lot of one-on-one matchups on the outside. And, you know, I'd have to review the film to kind of know for sure why wasn't there more of those because we certainly saw here in Chicago they'll target him double-digit times on a, nine, on a nine route when the opportunity's there. And it certainly felt like the opportunity would have or should have been there more frequently for them to try to pick up chunk yards on nine routes on the outside, and it didn't happen that much. Ten rookies. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs played ten rookies. How impressive is that for a team that won the Super Bowl? And in the secondary, man, like that, that to me was going to be key that the DBs from, from Kansas City couldn't be overwhelmed. The youth in their secondary needed to play with confidence because they were going to get tested. There were going to be times where, where the ball was thrown over their head. I mean, that was such a great a, a throw on that touchdown pass that, that was thrown to A.J. Brown that was caught. The pass, the spot throw into what, what effectively turned into double coverage during the flight of the football and the adjustment by Brown towards the outside, being able to pick it up and track it in flight to go to where the ball, where, where Jalen Hurts is purposely throwing him away from coverage. That was such a beautiful connection. And, you know, do, do you as a DB, do you as young members of that secondary end up wilting? When that happens, do you feel like, man, I, I just gave up a tug in the Super Bowl. The, the world is literally watching, and, and everybody's going to dog me on Twitter. Everybody's going to have some, some shade for me on social media, and they, they didn't allow themselves to go there. They seemed very composed, and 
when you do have an offense that can respond in the way that Kansas City's offense, that your quarterback can respond. I, I can speak to it well, man, whether it was certainly, you know, Brett Favre when he was still at his farviest and, and Mike Vick when he was in his heyday. The quarterback position can certainly have an effect on the, the confidence of the entire team. And so when KC knows that, when they know they got that guy, this, this superhero level performer at the position, then you're able to kind of stay in the moment because you never feel like you're out of it. What was the review of the halftime show in your house? Uh, we enjoyed it. Now, we, we didn't know going in. I don't know. Did many people know? Like, it was kind of a reveal that Rihanna was pregnant, yes, right? Yes, so it was we're, definitely we're a reveal because, I mean, most of, the, most of the beginning of the performance, people were like, wait, is she pregnant? Is she? Is right. There, why is it? You know, we, we've certainly seen many much of her physique in years past, and so you're kind of like, she... She looks different. And look at the clothes. There's a whole lot of clothes on Rihanna right now. You know, I, I was kind of watching Bishop, just kind of thinking, hey, is this going to be kind of, as a five-year-old, is this going to be, like, he was alive, I think, when, when J-Lo and Shakira did their thing, but he didn't know what was going on. He's barely paying attention. Like, all right, now he's we got an attention span now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So, you know, I was kind of watching just to see how that would play out. I enjoyed it. You know, my, my wife, you know, we had a little back and forth about it. I just got, this is, this is you know, to a certain extent, this is Rihanna. You know, the hits are out there. She sort of sang parts of some of them and, and played all the hits and whatnot. You know, you got your, you got your halftime show. The, the suspended uh, element of just being above the field so much, I found that impressive. And Bishop was a little bit annoyed that we had it not we had the, the volume going on TV and everything else is muted. So he's looking at the TV, he's looking at the computer, and he's looking at the iPad. He's like, wait, I want the sound over here now. It's like, well, no, you're, you're going to get this echo effect. One thing's a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. There's some yeah, lag time, but not that. too much. We don't want to do all that. We'll just just enjoy Rihanna in whatever on whatever device, whatever screen you prefer to look at. But your, I, I thought it was good. Your kid was grumbling about that, where our kid was grumbling about the number of those songs produced by Kanye. Ah, yep. Really? I mean, I was, I was like, actually. Well, there's that's Kanye. I like, was, that's I also was Kanye. Really surprised. The, the all of the lights was because I mean that's yeah. literally his song, so it's I was a little I was like oh that's a that's a choice and then I'm like there's no way right like there's no way that he comes out oh you didn't think he was gonna come out do his verse <laughs> oh, no 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 no. But still my is. wife was hoping for umbrellas and what well, like literal umbrellas in the hands of all the performers at one point like Never the video saw that. Mm-hmm. right exactly and um. And she she was hoping to hear "Safe and Sound" because that's the the biggest current you know hit that's out there. Nominated for the Oscar and Wakanda Forever, we went and saw that. So she was hoping to hear that at some point, but you know, we didn't get any of those things. But you know, she just got so many hits. And how is she worth like double what Beyonce's worth? Is is beyond me. You know, is because of is because of her makeup. Like but her her makeup company. Why didn't Beyonce start a makeup line. Like I don't know. You don't want to be a billionaire. I know you don't need to be, but she's already a billionaire. Well, like, yeah, well, you know, she does, yeah. She's also married to one. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah, Rihanna and what she what she initially did with her makeup company that that's what has turned her into a billionaire versus you know the music and the performances mm-hmm. and stuff. It's pretty great. So what right. happens with all of them, right? It, it's some other venture or ventures beyond music where, where really the majority of the revenue ends up coming in that pushes you be into however many additional digits come with being a billionaire. Well, they push you in the, into that plateau once you actually have all that other stuff happening. In which case, uh, I think your acting criticism is going to be your next venue <laughs> Ooh, finding a revenue go. stream. <laughs> all right. Anthony <laughs> Heron. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, fellas. That's Anthony Heron. Uh, the Bears indeed are on the clock. We have entered now 
the offseason of the Bears. I really do love that the Bears are like, we know we're on the clock. Here's a press release. We're on the clock. They just sent out a press release announcing the countdown to their draft party because they can and they should. And if you, whatever reason you have to flex, go ahead and flex. So we'll celebrate the offseason of the Bears starting next on the score. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. The three, it's Fields on the edge to the corner and in for the touchdown. Justin Fields takes care of it himself. I think with the experience, I think, you know, with just the reps, um, you just learn uh, to be calm in a chaotic environment. You know, yes. when, you know, the big D linemen are, you know, trying to sack you and stuff like that. I mean, you just have to be calm uh, as a quarterback and stuff like that. So, of course, you know, I, I still have room to improve, but, um, you know, I'm definitely uh, seeing improvement for myself this year. Justin Fields had a lot of good quarterbacking to watch if he wanted in that game. A lot of examples of on-field performance, decision-making, like you say, the internal clock of Patrick Mahomes. It's amazing. And, and something we'll get to later, the the maturity and leadership of Jalen Hurts. There's, there's a lot to which he can aspire on display yesterday. He was on Radio Row last week. He did a lot of, I think, cool interviews. I think the best one, though, was with Rich Eisen. So you should take a listen to this because Rich, in his way, is asking and and getting answered the questions that we all want to ask and get answered from Justin Fields, particularly when it pertains to whether or not he should be traded. Check this out. 
Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I year? I mean, I am. Uh, I think they've, you know, they've, they've already been, you know, saying that. So, uh, you know, um, how I look at it is just, you know, controlling the controllables. Um, you know, no matter, you know, what happens, you know, with me, um, you know, um, I can control what I can control, and that's how I approach the game. That's how I, you know, train for the game, and you know how I carry myself, you know, within the game. So, it's just, you know, those three aspects to where, you know, uh, I kind of just have to, you know, look myself in the mirror and kind of say, what can I can control, and you know, if it, it is what it is, and you know, just, just, just move on, and you know, be the best quarterback I can be. And you know, now this, now is the time where I've been, you know, trying to grow, um, personally, spiritually as mm-hmm. a quarterback. So, I mean. I've, I've, you know, grown a lot these these past, you know, few weeks in the offseason. Well, I, I want to front load the rest of this conversation with you knowing, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, there is an I in my first and last name, mm-hmm. and I am a, an on-air individual, so yeah. uh, I have an ego, but I, <laughs> I, I don't suspect you will know what I've said about this subject matter mm-hmm. beforehand. I think the Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you yeah. and choose somebody who's not done it yet, even though it's somebody who I'm sure you know well in Stroud. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... They'd be nuts to do that. Yeah. But there's the, the whole due diligence thing that the Bears are going to have to do with the first overall pick or yeah. say that just in case somebody thinks yeah. that they might go in the direction of a rookie quarterback so they mm-hmm. can get the most out of trading that pick and keep you. Did, have they spoken to you about their draft strategy at all um, yet? No, not really. Uh, you know, after the season, we had our exit meetings and, you know, talked a little bit about that, talked about, you know, what, you know, they could have done as a, what we could have done in the building uh, to improve, you mm-hmm. know, just the facility and stuff like that and, you know, what I need to work on in the offseason. So uh, it was a good exit meeting and, um, you know, just, just looking forward to, of course, getting together with my guys this offseason, getting better with them and, you know, looking forward to uh, training camp too. But obviously that's just a day after learning that they have the first overall selection I mean, and yeah. they're going to start digging into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want them to tell you if they're bringing in a kid to work out or you want to be kept up to speed on this? Oh, yeah, Justin? for sure. I think, you know, everybody uh, would, would love honesty in the uh, process. So um, I would definitely, you know, like to know that. And, you know, I, it's a it's a business, so I, you know, totally understand. Um, no hard feelings, but, you know, like I said, I control what I can control and control my work ethic, control how I, you know, carry myself each and every day. But you've don't you think you've already proven your worth as the quarterback I mean, of the Bears? You just rolled your eyes a little bit. Uh, but I figured I'm going to ask a question. I know the answer I to, think, but I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I think you know I've, I've shown a little bit, but I don't think I've shown uh, the world what I can do in terms of you know playing the full quarterback position and playing it consistently. You know, mm-hmm. I think there were you know sometimes this year where you know I was better than others. You know, late the like my last game of the season against the Lions, that 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 wasn't a good game. So just being more consistent, you know, for my teammates, for my coaches, and, you know, f- f- for the fan base so uh you know once i do that once i you know just keep progressing and keep getting better then i'll be good but they have just to put a a button on this part of the conversation you have not heard from anyone the bears this is our plan we will keep you up to speed we'll let you know if we have kids at the quarterback position to Mm -hmm. come in and work out because i think they're gonna have to do that to be honest with you to make sure that people think they could potentially replace you to get as much as they want for the first overall pick or just get a defender to go to battle on the other side of the ball for you. Yeah, I mean, Justin. not for sure. I, I, I haven't had those conversations. Okay. You know, I think they take a look at, you know, free agency first, and I think, you know, now they're probably starting to prep for the draft stuff. So, uh, but I uh, haven't had, you know, conversations like that. That's an interesting little dance that just went on there. Sure was. But you know what? We were talking about it on Friday. I, I left here and did TV over NBC Sports Chicago Got to host Football Night in Chicago on Friday. 
And we were discussing in there. I know that this is lying season, right? This is when everyone is supposed to be lying. And, and I am advocating it for the Bears, for them to get as much as they can for that pick. There, there's something about Justin, and we've heard him now speak this way a couple of different times. There's an integrity to him, and you need to meet him with that integrity. He doesn't like the like the idea of lying publicly about stuff. And remember, like he's held press conferences where you're like, oh, so that's how he felt. The shoulder about, injury. Remember, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause he didn't he didn't want to be put in the trick bag of here's why I I'm gonna tell you what's going on so that you don't have to guess why I might be playing poorly. There's something that, that he really, honestly, is a big deal for him. And and so I think it, it puts the Bears in kind of an interesting situation where if you're going to be honest with them, you have to have the conversation of you're expecting honesty from us, we are expecting integrity from you. If we tell you that you are our guy and we're not going to trade you, you have to understand we can't tell the public that. And you're going to hear stuff. Know that we are not going to do that. You're, you're hearing it from me, Ryan Poles. I am telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, we are not trading you. Don't tell your agent that we said this. Don't tell your parents that we said this. This is something that we feel it's important for you to know so that you have peace of mind. But we're going to be in these streets lying because it's lying season. And the reason that we're out here lying is to ultimately make life easier for you. So what if they have had that conversation and then Rich Eisen asks about it and now Justin Fields has already agreed to not say anything about it? I'm not kidding. I know. That's the problem with it. And you force him. He doesn't want to lie to anybody. But now once you tell him that and once he's in on it and and he's going to agree to do that interview, and that's a skilled interviewer. Yes. Who can get you to drop your guard a little bit. And he 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 seemed to hold firm. So it's absolutely possible that's already happened. Or it's possible it hasn't. And everybody's just, just being completely honest. But I, I do think that that's something from a character standpoint that we need to keep in mind going forward with the Bears quarterbacks. He he does not suffer fools, and he clearly doesn't like for there to be misinformation out there about him. And I appreciate that. I appreciate him having some agency in that, like with, with the thing with the shoulder, where it's like, yeah, it's I'm not going back out there, you know, and until this is in a space where – I feel like I can give an, an excellent effort. I don't want to just be out there to be out there. And now with this, like that, I, I think that he wants to maintain his integrity as long as he can. And I think that's a very admirable thing for a person as young as he is to, to be able to identify and articulate. Let's talk about the commercials next. I felt they made me feel a little old but it was just, I, 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 the headline for me is meh. Sounds about right. So when we come back, we'll talk about meh on the score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there. 
Out in the street. In front of the palace saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? It is post-Super Bowl high noon. Usually we don't do it on a Bears Monday, but there's stuff to talk about. We talked about our viewing experience, a little bit about the ups and downs of the broadcast. We patted ourselves on the back as a show, just uh, replaying how well our football experts set you up to consume that game. And Anthony Heron gave us his thoughts. We also talked a little bit about how to celebrate the fact the Bears are on the clock. Right now, the Bears arguably the most significant team in all of the NFL. Before we go into the commercials and stuff, I wanted to share this with you because obviously, along with doing this show, you do a show, you do a podcast, Organizations Win Championships with your son. And people have heard Jason and been like, oh my God, he sounds like Dan. Well, last night at the Super Bowl, it offered us another father-son combination where clearly the the dad and the son have got a lot of similarities, which is great. Paul Rudd is a super fan and Kansas City super fan. And he and his son were interviewed last night, courtesy of Fox. Take a listen. I can't believe it. I really that's such a that was such a great game. And uh wow, it's all just feels so overwhelming and incredible. Jack, you were in Miami three years ago? You're in Arizona now. How's it feel? I just want to thank Patrick Mahomes for existing, (laughs) for putting in all the work, so we can just all enjoy his greatness every week. And um, I'm I'm so lucky that I'm alive to watch this. And I I just, I cannot believe he's a real person. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I just can't believe he's a real person. And we love you, Julian Darby and Baby. Go team. Go enjoy. Paul Rudd and Jack Rudd sound the same. Yeah, yeah, they do. And even he's got his dad's cadence down, which is done very well for Paul Rudd. Although I'm, I don't have any inside information about Ant Man, but one would think if Kang is the big bad of this era, that Ant Man gonna get killed Why? in this because. But, you, but no one's actually killed anymore because it's a multiverse and they go into the quantum level Whoa. and Hank Pym's got his juice and they come out of there. I and, just feel like yeah. it's hard to sell Kang as a big bad if he runs up against the weakest Avenger and it's a draw. You know what I mean? You really think he's the weakest Avenger for sure? If you take out the yes, I mean he's. We, uh, this, we got to table this discussion. Yeah, we'll table this discussion for another because the other humans without powers are no longer Avengers. One of them's dead, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot she's Soul dead. Stone, and then the other guy. I forgot Scar Joe's dead. Can't hear I mean, anymore. She's not and, the character. Spoiler alert! All right, so now let's get into it. Boy, this was a Gen X targeted Super Bowl and when you're giving me Steve Martin and Karma Chameleon and an old man dancing at a fountain to men without hats safety dance it's like what do, what do you want from me they want your money Dan I, I know I don't have they want your they want your, your discretionary income I, I, look because they're thinking that your kids already finished college no no that's why you don't have any of my discretionary income <laughs> 
and then there's going to be grad school. So just think of the poor Gen Xers who are actually paying for these schools right now and understand that we're not going to go spend on, on what you, half of what you're advertising to us. But I, I don't know. John Travolta with his... his I uh, thought he did a good job, and I'm did, glad that he but, wasn't out there with that fiction on his head. I know. I it just Although, all, and, I, and I was sitting there going, there's no way to do a tribute to Olivia Newton-John inside of a commercial without it feeling weird. But I'm like, I kind of needed that, but whatevs. But the, I mean, I guess there are a couple things that were cute. I think you singled out the the flag football player. That was fantastic. I, I thought that was the best commercial of the night, and it wasn't a commercial. It was a, it was, a pro- promotional vehicle. It was, for- it was a promo, and it was really well-directed. I wonder if it's the same person that directed the 100th? The, the, the food fight. Yeah, yeah that's it, it kind of had that feel to it, but that was like the most entertaining, and you, you could have a lot of fun with it, and obviously they've been pushing the flag football initiative where during All-Star Week they usually have their, their flag football high school championships, and... I found it. I watched it last year. I found it to be pretty entertaining. I thought so. the, the Caddyshack thing was fine, but I didn't really understand why. Like, why is Alex Morgan Lacey Underall, and why is Tony Romo Carl Spackler? Like, I understand. It's like, oh, this will be cute. Brian Cox is gonna do the Ted Knight stuff. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. but what? To what end? It's like, I, okay. I, as someone who uh. loves that movie. I feel like it's something that the golf community needs to roundly just reject and move on from. Well, the golf community is different than the comedy community. I think those are different different audiences. But he, I and I like you said it was a Gen X type of Super Bowl and it's like I'm not I'm not feeling it. Even as someone who loves the movie like it's enough already. That's kind of how I feel about, like, Caddyshack stuff. It's enough already. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's a funny movie every once in a while. If it's on, I like watching because there are some really funny lines on there. And I, I, it took me some time to get Jason into it. Like, he's finally seen it enough that now there's a little. Because he liked Happy Gilmore way better. Way better from the start. And I was kind of, really? You do? And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, not going to yuck your yum. But I think Christopher McDonald was at the Waste Management Open. Probably everybody was. I've, there's six hundred thousand people there. I imagined it. I, I thought I saw was. like a clip of him being Maybe. out there, but you know, Shooter McGavin. Yeah, I I don't know. Like none of the the commercials outside of the flag football reached me to a point of like everything was just kind of like like you said M M E H. Right, or you're just like, oh, who's that again? I had one. I thought this was pretty good. The Uber One commercial. You want me to do a jingle? Oh, it's not a jingle. One hit for Uber One. No, that sounds like a jingle to me. Diddy don't do jingles. We're talking about a hit song. Want a hit? Uber One can save you on rides and eats. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. That's cool. What else we got? Uber One saves you forever. Rides and eats. Save on whatever. Okay, Donna. My milkshake brings all the boys <laughs> to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Oh, don't do that. Threw a little Tony Gill in there. I see what you did. <laughs> Khalees looks great, though. Who is the second person? Donna. I don't. Rem- I don't. I remember the was song. It, it's Montel but I don't, Jordan is. But that? I don't remember the artist at all. 
And then they he had the what did the fox say guys and yeah I didn't want to and then they've spoken Norwegian and that was the joke yeah and somebody asked about the Bradley Cooper T-Mobile commercial with his mom it was funny until the one thing that clearly wasn't a blooper and he did a terrible job acting the bloopers were funny and then there's a fake blooper where she he's she's like. Mom, I've been nominated for nine Oscars. And she says, you haven't won any. And he does this really bad fake laugh. And it was obvious that the the one thing they did script to sound like a blooper was the thing that didn't work. And that's what they left you with. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed that commercial, though. I enjoyed him and his mom, like, especially when you add in, like, he's the, the, he's the other Avenger that's a crazy football fan. And you... And he's he's having a good time in the box with the right. owner and all that stuff. All right, I guess that one probably would go to the top of my list. But even it, even as charming and as cute as it was, I'm just kind of like, eh. And I wanted to like the Eminem thing, but there's so much there's backstory so and so much heavy lifting you have to do. It's like, what did Tucker Carlson say about this one being woke? And then why did they respond? And they pretend that they're f- flavored like clams. And after a while, it's like, I don't care. It I, it wasn't worth it after. Just like, sell me some chocolate. Right, I was just like, okay, was I don't know why it's funny. What am I missing? And I could go and research why it was fun. I don't want to. I'm over it. M and M's are fine. My relationship with M and M's is not going to change one iota. If they're there, I'll have a couple. You know, it's 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 fine. I the whole thing has been really weird with M and M's and how they. You're right. Like it felt like you had to be in on the joke a little bit. And and I was just like, I don't I don't need any of this to And I I am in love with Maya Rudolph. Like I'm actively in love with her. She's great. And I'm just sitting there going, this is kind of a waste of her cuz and your yeah, 773 says Stallone face was funny. No, it wasn't. That was DOA. And then they did, you got Beavis and Butthead standing right there. Oh, Dan, I've got some bad news about Beavis and Butthead. What? I ran into one of the newer newer episodes. Oh, really? It's terrible. Oh. And I, I was just sitting there going, because you like the yeah. bit the bit isn't that Beavis and Butthead are stupid. No. The bit is that they're they're oblivious. So they had them in a, a a panic room, like it was supposed to be a panic room that they were going to, and like a, like a escape room. Yeah, and yeah, escape room. And so they mistake the bathroom for it's a oh, it's po- we're supposed to go left, right, right, <laughs> and then they go right and they go into the bathroom, and then it's Beavis pushing on a door that's supposed to be pull, and I was just like, that's oh, when this- I turned it off. I turned it off right at that moment. That's not the bit. It it I was like, wow, this is really this is really terrible. And, and you're not supposed to say that about Beavis and Butthead, but it it felt very wow, this is not exactly what they do at all. That's disappointing. That 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 sounds like how I felt when I realized that the movie Nope was awful. And I said, "Oh, this is one of my favorite filmmakers and his movies are getting worse." Yeah, it's bad. Diddy, I didn't mu- don't do jingles. We're talking about a hit song. I'm thinking over here, we bring out a huge chocolate fondue fountain. Oh, yeah. P. Diddy had his birthday party here a couple years back, and he had one of those. Oh, screw that, then. I don't want a fondue fountain if P. Diddy had one. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. 
I don't want to do it if Diddy did it. How about a donut machine? Did Diddy do it? Diddy did do it. A full ice cream bar. <laughs> Diddy did it. Damn it, what didn't Diddy do? <laughs> Is that the same episode where where Biggie keeps being spoken into existence and ends up at his party? Yeah, and he gets and he's mad about it because they look at the, they, they they bring him in the, through the mirror. Satan is my favorite character on South Park. He's so sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, he's high on my list. I'd still probably go Timmy. Timmy's great, but Satan's just so considerate of other people's feelings, and he, he like goes he, to a fault. He's just really, really nice. And, and the fact that that's that's how they get you, Dan. I know, but but it's but he's he, he's always concerned about other people before himself. And well, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that it'll start a a ad campaign that is funded by shadowy characters where we can just go. Satan gets us. Uh huh. Yeah, here, come on in, come on in. The first taste is free. Now let's tell you where the money's coming from. Yeah, we're against LGBTQ and against reproductive rights. There, but we, but we got you in the door. We got you in the you, door. You're, you're one of these Satan mo- gets millennials, kind of skeptical of religion, look, looking for we're, some stuff. Yeah, we're gonna make religion look cool. Come on, come on in. Kind of, we'll tell you how cool religion is. Now, here's what we really think. Some BS. That's that same group. That, that, that the White Sox had in there for their family and faith day. Same group. Just another one of the things that's happened over the last couple of years with the White Sox where you're like, what y'all doing? What y'all doing over there? That is High Noon. We do it every day around this very time. We are going to get an on-the-clock report from Dan Wiederer because it's on-the-clock Monday for the Chicago Bears. Here on The Score. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Darn right, it's better than yours. I can teach you, but I have to charge. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.